Thank you for listening today. Dr. Lori Hess is a leading exotic animal veterinarian with a busy veterinary practice in Bedford Hills, New York. If you need more information on any Zupreme product or have questions for Dr. Lori, go to our website at www.zupreme.com where you can contact us. Make sure to follow us on Facebook for more information on upcoming podcasts, education, and Facebook fun. Welcome to the Zoo Nation podcast channel brought to you by Zupreme. Zupreme makes healthy food for pet birds, rabbits, guinea pigs, and ferrets. If you're listening today, your home has probably experienced the love and happiness of owning a non-traditional or exotic pet. We know it's a zoo in your home sometimes. Here's Dr. Lori now to help you learn more about the care of that special pet in your home. Hi, I'm Dr. Lori Hess, Director of Pet Health and Nutrition for Zupreme, and you're listening today to podcast number 28. Today, we're going to focus on illnesses birds and people can both get. There are definitely a bunch of things that both birds and people are susceptible to. Um, There are not a ton of things that we can transmit back and forth, but there are a handful of things that all bird owners should be aware that they can catch from their birds and that theoretically their birds can catch from them. But there are certainly a whole host of diseases that birds get that are not infectious diseases that we get as people too. So what are they? Well, let's talk a little about some infections that birds can transmit back and forth with people. I know that's always a concern. It's something that a lot of people ask me when they get a new bird. And probably the most common disease that we worry about is something called psittacosis or parrot fever. That is actually a bacteria-like disease um, caused by an organism called Chlamydia psittaceae, which is not the venereal disease Chlamydia, but it's, it's uh, a bacteria-like organism called Chlamydia that actually it causes all kinds of signs in birds. Birds can actually carry it without any signs at all, or they can commonly have respiratory problems, coughing, sneezing, difficulty breathing. It can affect their liver so that they can get a big swollen belly, sometimes with fluid in their belly. Um, They can have loose stool, um, they can actually go into liver failure. So there are a whole host of things, even even neurologic signs. But many birds can carry it without any signs at all. And typically the smaller birds like cockatiels or budgies, parakeets as we commonly call them, they often can carry this disease and spread it to other organisms like other birds, for example, bigger birds. So this is one of the reasons we don't want to ever mix little teeny birds with bigger birds, certainly in the same cage or even in the same room, but they can certainly spread this disease as well to people, particularly if people's immunosuppression, uh, immune status or immunosuppression is going on, meaning that their immune system is not functioning properly. And that happens in people who are very, very young, like babies, very old people who are not healthy and are fighting all kinds of disease, Um, people who have immunosuppressive disease like HIV, or people who are undergoing chemotherapy, all of those people have weakened immune systems and are more susceptible to this disease. So they should try to stay away from birds that potentially are carrying this illness. Um, Sometimes, as you can imagine, if birds are not showing signs of this disease, it can be very 
difficult to know that they have it. So if you're one of those people that has a weak immune system, perhaps birds are not the best pet for you. But what you can do is have your bird, particularly if it's a new bird, coming out of a pet store, for example, where there are lots of birds mixing, coming in from different sources, um, it's a good idea to have that bird checked out by a veterinarian and make sure you do some basic blood tests on your bird to check the white cell count, um, the red cell count to see if the bird's anemic or if the white cell count is high, indicating infection. We can check liver enzymes since we know that psittacosis or parrot fever commonly affects the liver. We can look at their antibody levels, something called a protein electrophoresis test, which looks at all the globulins. You're probably familiar with the term gamma globulin. That's a test that looks for different types of antibodies and it looks for a spike in the globulins or the antibodies suggesting that there is an infection going on. There are specific tests for parrot fever or psittacosis, but unfortunately they're not 100% reliable. So what we do is we may do one of those tests. We, we can do a, a, something called a PCR test, which is a DNA test looking for little bits of this particular organism in the bird's bloodstream, but we often combine that with uh, a look at the antibodies on that electrophoresis test, and we look at the white cells and the liver enzymes. All of these tests together give us an overall picture of whether the bird is healthy. And if we see elevations in all of those things, we commonly think of parrot fever or psittacosis, particularly if it is a new bird. Now, if you do have a bird that is diagnosed with this disease, fortunately it is treatable. Um, it requires six weeks of a long-acting tetracycline antibiotic. Um, it's based on the life cycle of the organism itself infecting the body. Um, and it's something that, unfortunately, people do get it as well. In people, it manifests itself at, usually as like the flu or respiratory tract condition. This is not to say that you should panic every time you get the flu if you have a bird, but certainly if you have nagging flu signs and you have been around a bird that has suspected or confirmed psittacosis or parrot fever, or we call it chlamydiosis too, then you should certainly see your doctor and mention that you have been around this kind of bird. Um, other diseases that are more serious that birds can transmit to people, but that typically are not carried by your average you know, pet store bird and not something that you would be exposed to, or tuberculosis, that's something that's caused by a bacteria called mycobacteriosis or mycobacterium bacteria. Um, that's a really serious disease that typically causes birds to become very, very ill. They waste away, um, they don't process their food well, um, they lose lots and lots of weight. Uh, they'll, they'll vomit, they'll have diarrhea sometimes. Um, those are the signs that we see in birds. They'll be weak, they don't want to eat. In people, this disease is more of a respiratory tract disease. Um, and there have been indications, you know, that people can pick it up from their birds um, or that birds can pick it up from people. It's just not that common, but it is something to be aware of. And another reason to have your bird checked out, particularly if it's sick or if you're getting a new bird and you don't really know, you know, about its history, if it's been exposed to a lot of other birds. So um, those are some, more of the, the infectious type diseases that we see. Now, there are certainly some less serious infections that we see in birds too. Um, birds are are able to contract bacterial and yeast or fungal infections, yeast or fungus, um, if they eat food from a person's mouth. So birds don't have the same normal bacteria in their bodies that 
uh, people do. So if we act like birds, you know, birds will often chew up their food or grind up their food and then regurgitate it to each other as a sign of love. If people try to do that, and it's not crazy, people have done that. I've actually seen people do that and feed chewed up food or food that's been touching their plate and their fork that's been in their mouth or their spoon that's been in their mouth to their birds, they theoretically can transmit uh, bacterial and yeast infections to their birds and they can cause some serious gastrointestinal problems like vomiting, diarrhea, weight loss, um, the passage of undigested dro- f- uh, food in the droppings. So those are all things that, you know, if you've been doing that with your bird, you want to tell your vet that, and your vet should be able to look at the stool under the microscope or swab the bird's crop, which is that little pouch in their neck, that dilated pouch of their esophagus. If they're vomiting, sometimes we will swab in there. And if we see abnormal bacteria, we see a lot of yeast, then we put them on the appropriate um, antibiotic if it's bacteria or antifungal medication if it's yeast. And that's treatable as well. But something that we can prevent from occurring if we just are very clean and and we don't share germs, particularly, you know, food utensils or chewed food in any way with our birds. Now, there are a whole host of diseases that birds get that people get as well that are not necessarily contagious or infectious diseases. Um, One big disease that we certainly think about that we see all the time is um, atherosclerosis. Atherosclerosis, if you're unfamiliar with it, is the depositing of large amounts of cholesterol in the walls of big arteries, like the coronary arteries, the arteries coming out of the heart, um, big, big arteries like the aorta, also part of the the cardiovascular uh, tree of big arteries associated with the heart that feeds the body. Um, so if we get these cholesterol deposits, what, what happens? I mean, I'm sure you're all familiar with this, that it clogs up your arteries, right? And you can't pass blood normally through. Um, and this makes us very, very predisposed to developing heart disease and to having little, uh, fat emboli break off little pieces of fat that go through the bloodstream and they can land in the brain causing strokes. So atherosclerosis can lead to, um, heart disease and stroke. And we know that that if you're taking in a lot of cholesterol, you're probably eating a lot of high fat food, you may be obese. These are all things that happen in people that also very, very commonly happen in birds. And remember that a lot of birds live to be as old as people do. We see some of the larger birds, the macaws, the Amazons, some of the cockatoos, um, they'll live 40, 50, 60 years. Um, Sometimes, you know, they live even longer. And because they're living as long as some people live, they will actually have time to develop all those horrible, nasty cholesterol deposits and all the diseases associated with them that we mentioned. Now, what can we do to prevent this? Well, it's just what our doctors tell us to do. In our birds, we can make sure that they exercise because blood flow through our arteries is very, very important. We can make sure that we limit fat in the diet, which is so important. We know that birds are, you know, traditionally have been fed lots and lots of fat in all seed diets or all nut diets. And seeds and nuts, while they're fine as treats, are just pure fat uh, with very little nutrition. So you know I'm a big fan of pelleted diets 
pellets. If you feed a pelleted diet um, and you limit seeds and nuts to treats rather than a big portion of the diet, you're, you're decreasing the amount of cholesterol um, and triglycerides, for example. It's another big fatty uh, molecule that can deposit in the, in the walls of the arteries and the walls of the big blood vessels. So if you feed a pelleted diet, you really limit the amount of fat that we're taking in uh, in those birds. And birds that are eating a lot of pellets tend to be leaner, in better condition, and less likely to become obese and less likely to develop all of these serious signs of heart disease, stroke, uh, and obesity. So that's certainly something that's very similar to people. Um, also increasing exercise, as we mentioned, having your bird either fly in the house if it's safe to do that, or at least flap and, and elevate their blood pressure, get their blood flowing. Very, very important in limiting atherosclerosis. Now, another disease that we see very, very commonly in birds as they age, just as people get this disease as they age, is gout or kidney failure. Um, extremely important in, in uh, birds because birds, will get it, particularly because they are not getting enough vitamin A in their diet. Now, vitamin A is critical to several functions in the body, um, certainly to the respiratory tract lining, um, to the skin, to the feathers, but particularly to the lining of the kidneys. And in order for the kidneys to process urine, um, to process all those toxic uh, products, byproducts of digestion, and excrete them out of the body in the urine and in the uric acid, which is that white chalky substance that we see birds uh, pass in their droppings. In order to do that, they have to have adequate vitamin A intake. And that means being on a base diet of pellets and having it supplemented with vitamin A or beta carotene rich foods. Things like carrots, sweet potatoes, peppers, yams, tomatoes, um, all of those things, those are great um, for providing vitamin A to birds. And, you know, produce should be limited to no more than about a third of the diet. But if you can give your bird some vitamin A rich vegetables like that, and even some fruit, mango, cantaloupe, papaya, those are all high in vitamin A as well. Those will help um, preserve the lining of the kidneys and kind of help ward off or delay the onset of gout. Now, birds, even on good diets, can ultimately, if they live long enough, develop gout. Um, and it's very, very important, particularly as your bird ages, to have the blood test done every year so that we can check out um, your bird's kidney function and look at something in particular called uric acid, which is that white chalky stuff that should not build up in the blood, but should be excreted into the droppings. And when we see in most parrots that it's rising in the blood to a level greater than about 10, then we start to get concerned. Now, you know, people as well as birds as they age do lose some normal kidney function. It's natural as we get older, our, our organs, our kidneys get older. But if we do notice that the uric acid or the kidney function is skyrocketing in the blood, there are medications that we can start birds on to delay the onset of kidney disease, slow the progression of kidney disease, and extend life. So that's very, very important. So preventing kidney disease as best we can with a good diet of pellets um, that are nutritionally balanced, like our fruit blend at Zupreme, and supplementing with vitamin A, which are, you know, usually the vitamin A uh, rich fruits and vegetables, usually the red, orange, and yellow uh, vegetables and fruits have lots of vitamin A, that's a great way to try to prevent kidney disease from developing in your bird. Um, other things that we can share with birds, other diseases that we share, 
um, liver disease. Liver disease is common in birds and it can be common in people too. And certainly there are many, many different causes of liver disease. We mentioned before parrot fever or psittacosis can cause liver disease. But there's some other diseases like fatty liver disease, which are not caused by an infection, but that are, but that is actually caused by the excess accumulation of fat depositing in the liver because the bird or the person is eating too much fat in his or her diet. So how do we prevent that? Well, it's the same we, as we just mentioned with preventing obesity or preventing um, atherosclerosis or strokes and heart attacks. It's really limiting all that high fat stuff like seeds and nuts and making sure that the base diet in a bird is pellets, which is you know low in fat and um, high in nutrition. So birds with liver disease will have swollen abdomens. Um, sometimes they'll develop fluid in their belly. Um, we know in people you can become jaundiced um, or have yellow skin. Birds don't have the same liver pigments in their body that people do, so they don't really develop jaundice in the same way, but they can have pigment changes in their skin as a result of liver disease too. One kind of odd thing that birds develop is if they suddenly start to develop these sort of new yellow or orange feathers in places they never had them before, that can be a sign of liver disease. So if you notice that your bird's doing that, you certainly want to have that checked out right away by your veterinarian. Um, one way to keep track of how the liver is functioning is, to, again, to do annual blood work, have an annual preventative, preventative medical exam by your veterinarian to check out your bird and make sure everything is good, that the liver is functioning normally. Um, we do a test called bile acid testing, which the bile acids usually in most parrots should run um, on average under 100. 100 is sort of the cutoff where we want to stay below. Um, if it's over 100, we get a little concerned. Um, and we want to look further for what kind of liver disease could be going on if, if the liver function isn't proper. One other disease I wanted to mention is um, vitamin D deficiency. Vitamin D deficiency comes from lack of sunshine. We know that vitamin D deficiency can predispose to low calcium in the body. And when we don't have enough calcium in our body, whether we're not taking it in or we're not absorbing it from our food because um, we don't have enough exposure to sunlight, sunlight helps us make vitamin D in our skin. The same is true in birds. So if birds are indoors or people are indoors all the time and they're not exposed to sunlight, they're not making proper vitamin D in their skin, and then they can't properly absorb calcium from their diet, even if they're on a good diet, which for a bird would be a, a pelleted diet, um, supplemented with some fresh produce, as we mentioned, or for a person making sure that they get enough dairy products, um, enough uh, milk and cheese and yogurt, calcium in their diet, and some leafy green vegetables too, things like spinach um, is a great source of calcium as well. So all of those things... Um, depend on exposure to UV light, to sunlight, to make proper vitamin D in our skin and bird skin. And too many birds are actually housed indoors all the time, all year round, and never see the sun. And unfortunately, um, UV rays are filtered out through the glass. So even if your bird's cage is next to a window, um, they're not getting the proper UV rays to make that vitamin D in their skin. So if the bird is inside all the time, one thing you can do is get a specific UV bulb made for birds and there are many on the market that have the adequate and safe wavelength to promote normal vitamin D development in their skin. 
very, very important. Um, and certainly if you live in a warm climate or if you're able to during the summer, bring your bird outside to have direct sunlight. Very important. You certainly never want to leave your bird out unsupervised in a cage. There are some wild animals and all kinds of problems that can happen outside, um, toxins outside. So you certainly want to supervise your bird in a cage if it's outside. But um, having some exposure directly to sunlight uh, is the best way to make proper vitamin D in the skin. And Unfortunately, that's only possible for most people. If you live in a cooler climate, it's only possible during the summer months. So you want to make sure that not only you're feeding a good diet, but if your bird is indoors quite a bit of the year, that you provide that UV bulb. Most UV bulbs need to be changed a couple times a year. Um, you want to follow your UV bulb manufacturer's instructions on that, um, but they will continue to burn past the point that the UV rays are emitted. So you want to make sure you follow the instructions and not wait for the bulb to blow out to change it. So those are some really common diseases that we see a lot in veterinary medicine that birds share with people. Fortunately, there are some really terrific things we can do to try to prevent these things from happening. Um, a lot of them, as you can see, are dietary. Uh, so again, another plug for pelleted diets, very important to make sure that your bird is getting the proper plane of nutrition to stay healthy. Um, I hope that in discussing this, you'll reevaluate your own bird's diet, maybe his exercise regimen, and think about preventative medical care for your bird, taking him to, to the vet every year to make sure that his blood tests are normal. So just remember when you're listening to Zoo Nation throughout these episodes, you can follow our Zupreme Facebook page where we will have posts before every show so you can ask questions for me to answer on the show, um, whether they're about nutrition or diet or a disease or a specific question, um, you can ask me right there. And you're also going to see some sneak peeks to episodes you have, may have missed it there as well. And if you do have very specific questions, you can contact us at 1-800-345-4767 or at customercare at zupreme.com. This is Dr. Lori Hess. I hope you've enjoyed our podcast today and thank you so much for listening to Zoo Nation. Thank you for listening today. Dr. Lori Hess is a leading exotic animal veterinarian with a busy veterinary practice in Bedford Hills, New York. If you need more information on any Zupreme product or have questions for Dr. Lori, go to our website at www.zupreme.com where you can contact us. 